HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with Carrie Yang, founder of Group Hugs, a YouTube growth agency helping brands and businesses create profitable YouTube channels. Group Hugs works with clients to develop strategy, create evergreen videos, and build community, loyalty, and ultimately, sales. They've built movements for consumer startups, clean energy B Corps, and household brands, including Tushy and Dr. Prager's. And it just so happens that Carrie and her team are behind our new YouTube channel, so this is going to be lots of fun. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thanks for coming. Um... So there is so much to talk about. I had a fun time going through not only your notes, but also just all of the new kind of consumer data that I've been pulling in about YouTube um, and especially YouTube with food. And I know that you're super, super passionate and we're going to get to all of it. But I guess, you know, without necessarily sort of the whole, your whole life story, Kind of briefly, yeah. like, how did you end up getting into being a YouTube growth uh, guru? <laughs> yes. So the universe always works in really funny ways, and your initial plan always changes. And so yes. that is ultimately how I ended up being a YouTube guru. So I, for the longest time, I thought I was going to be a doctor, and I got into medical school, didn't go. Long story short, tried a bunch of different things afterwards, and what really stuck was marketing. And I found that marketing really combined my analytical thinking training that I had and my love for the sciences with creativity. And that's Mm -hmm. really how I pivoted into marketing. And so I led multiple, or in my marketing career, I was you know, leading marketing teams specifically with startups. And I found that when I was working on all of these different startups, whether it was B2C, B2B, it didn't matter. We were always so reliant on ads. That was like Mm -hmm. the number one thing we always thought of. Okay, great. Ad strategy. This is how we're going to get customers. And so while it worked in the past few years, and you know, Mm -hmm. this was when ad social ads were peaking, Mm -hmm. that's just not the case anymore. And so after I left the startup world, I wanted to create an agency that really focused on organic methods of growth, because that was never the first thing that we thought of in the startups that I was in. It was always the, not that it was the last thing, but the first method of growth was ads and Instagram, right? right? And also we've seen this huge decline across businesses and Instagram engagement and reach as well. And so it really timed up well um, a couple of years ago when I was like, okay, cool. I really want to continue doing marketing. I'm going to create my own agency. What am I going to do? Like I could have gone down the route of, you know, Instagram and, you know, the, and social ads, Facebook Mm -hmm. ads, but I felt like there was that 
market was already so saturated. And again, I really wanted to find organic ways. And so we created group hugs to only focus on organic methods of growth and YouTube. Wow. When I really (laughs) dug into YouTube, my mind was blown at how much opportunity there was and how few brands were actually using it correctly. And so that's why Group Hugs is now fully focused on YouTube. And my entire mission is to scream at the top of my lungs to tell everyone like, hey, businesses, brands, get onto YouTube, get onto YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it's a perfect segue because we kind of fell ass backward onto YouTube. I mean, basically, (laughs) you know we wanted to build out, you know, our whole mission, as you know, has been like, we're not just like a sauce company, we're a home cooking company. And it started with like a school and then really giving people confidence and joy in the kitchen. And we made these products to do that, but there is still a disconnect. Like, how does this product give me confidence and joy? For some people, it's super intuitive. For many American consumers, it's not. And so now we're like, huh, how do we make that connection for people? So we were like, all right, people are going to use QR codes. We need to have those QR codes linked to recipes. This is something that I had talked about literally in 2017, but people weren't using QR codes back then. And not to say, you know, thankfully COVID, but (laughs) there is a shift in that behavior. And then basically we were like, okay, we're going to build a website around all of these recipe videos, but unbeknownst to us, those videos need to live somewhere. Like this is literally how we ended up building a YouTube channel. We're like, okay, well, as long as they're living somewhere, we should maximize that. Like if they're going to be living on YouTube anyway, we should make this a cooking channel. We should have a cooking television station, for lack of a better word, that just has all of our talent and has all of our products and all of our recipes. And then we found you. Um, And I remember when Courtney met you, she called me and she was just like, you're not going to totally get it, but you're going to be completely psyched. And I was, and I'm still continually trying to get it. Um, But that's basically how, how we ended up together. Um, And then I guess, you know, the question really is, you know, you said two things that uh, before we even start getting into sort of YouTube, when you talk about organic methods of growth, I don't even think people know what that is. Let's break that down then. Yeah. So the most common organic method of growth that most businesses are doing is Instagram. That's you know, you are posting organically to Instagram, you are getting likes, comments, you know, engagement organically. However, the rise, well, now and the fall of organic engagement on Instagram has occurred. That's where we are now in the marketing cycle, as it were. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, and, and so I always bring that up as an example, because that's what everyone's already doing. Yeah. And then when you compare So let's just take that example. If you compare, that's organic. You got your paid. So on this paid side, you're running ads Mm -hmm. on your channel or with your channel, but that, that, that would be paid. And the thing is, there's so many other ways of growing organically. And one example is Facebook group. And then another example that we're really diving into today, obviously is YouTube because much like Instagram, you can post organic videos and get organic reach and get organic discovery and get organic sales from it just by posting a video without running any ads. Right. Got it. Yeah. So organic is essentially anything that you're not paying to run, like paying for reach, essentially. So it's not pay-per-click is AKA organic. Yeah. Right. Got it. And then when you talk about sort of the, the cycle, you know, the rise and fall cycle, you know, one of the things that I think as I approach, you know, my midlife birthday, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, is that everything is cyclical, everything grows and grows and grows, and then it kind of plateaus and then it either changes or it declines. And that's just how life is. Like that is literally like everything. So, you know, your job kind of in the world is, is not, is recognizing where you are 
in the cycle of that thing. Like you can either ride it as it goes up, you can mitigate for it as it's declining, or, you know, you can not participate in it, but you're, you're always kind of gauging. And so I, I guess from a marketing perspective, you know, part of this is like recognizing that Instagram is a, is, is a, someone referred to it as like a sign on your door, right? Like this is who we are. It is still where most people go when they see a new brand, they tend to go to their Instagram. Who are these people about? What's their vibe? What do they do? But in terms of, you know, more following, more, more engagement, more liking, more commenting, you're saying it's kind of peaked. Currently, that's what the data shows in terms of like brand engagement, like comparing what it is now versus what it was two years ago, or even a year ago. Like the anecdotes that I hear from my clients and, um, you know, friends and friends in the industry, that's what Mm -hmm. they're seeing. I mean, because at the, in the end, we are at the mercy of algorithms that we don't control. Right. But you're at the mercy of those on any channel, no? Yes, including right. including YouTube. Right, yeah. right. And so I guess that's going to be part of my next question. And I, one more thing I'd like to add about, yeah. you know, while we're talking about Instagram versus, you know, other channels um, is that, or not even just versus other channels, versus YouTube specifically, yeah. is YouTube's been around since what? They were founded in 20, 2005. I remember consuming my first YouTube videos in 2006 and YouTube has seen so many other social platforms be come created. Go. Yeah, mm-hmm. come and go. Like, there, you know, there's TikTok, there was uh, Vine, and all throughout all of this time, and then also the rise, in, the rise of Instagram, right? Throughout all this time, though, YouTube has been a steady grower. Mm-hmm. For some reason, because it's always been there, I feel that a lot of marketers just kind of overlook it mm-hmm. because it's always been there. But also at the same time, you 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 see all this negative press about Facebook, about mm-hmm. how Instagram is deteriorating mental health and body image, and how TikTok is sucking hours and hours away from productivity. Uh-huh. But like, what do you what, what do you hear about YouTube? Right. Well, I think it's interesting also, you know, part of it's probably just that it's kind of like the quiet couch in the background that, you know, no one's, no one's really thinking about because it's just there. Right. But Um, you need a couch to sit on. (laughs) But you need a couch to sit on. But also, you know, it's, it's expensive. I mean, or people think it's expensive. And I guess that's where, you know, we'll also have some discussion about that. Yes. Um, Okay. So in terms of you know, YouTube and food. I mean, I, I just was looking at like cooking in America, you know, 70% of parents that are looking for recipes are looking on YouTube daily. Wow. Daily. Um, you know, that's 53% overall. Like literally the question is where do you look for cooking inspiration and new recipes? Please select all that apply. And the answer is 53% are saying YouTube. Um, So clearly, right, that's, I mean, when I read that, I was like, yay, us, you know, but tell me also, because I know you know a lot more than I do, just tell me something, you know, some stuff about YouTube and food and cooking and recipes and all that. Yeah. So to take a step back from food for just a second, you know, we have to think about why do people use YouTube? How right. do people use YouTube? Which, in, you know, includes food. People go to YouTube to learn, to be in, to, to discover new things, to be inspired by recipes they see on YouTube. So it's a learning platform. And as much as it is an, an entertainment platform, because in the end, videos um, need to be entertaining on YouTube at, at a minimum. Right. Uh, but that's just the platform itself, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the purpose is they go there to research and learn. And so I've got some mind-blowing stats that I was <laughs> mind-blown about whenever I learned it. But 80% of consumers switch between you Google search and YouTube search when they're looking for any new information that influences anything that they're, going, they're about to buy. Mm. 80% switch between Google search and YouTube. And so the, par- the point that I really want everyone to remember is that in the end, 
YouTube is a search engine. In fact, it is the world's second largest search engine. I'm just going to let that like sink in for a second because I don't think many of us remember that. No, and I think that leads to sort of this question of like the then what, right? So like it's a search engine, which means basically that when people are looking up Haven's Kitchen, they're going to look on YouTube. Yes. Yes. They're also going to look look on YouTube. Right. And if they don't see anything there, there is an opportunity that you have missed as a brand. Yes. Because one, one of two things could happen. Either they're like, oh, they don't have any content yet on YouTube. Or two, they might think, oh, this company isn't legitimate. There's nothing about them on YouTube, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, the second largest search engine where I'm already searching. I mean, I don't think they know that they're searching on the second largest search engine. However, you know, that's just human behavior. Right, um, right. So are more people, would you say, looking, I mean, because I, like I opened this up saying, you know, when I see a brand and I've never seen it before, I go to their Instagram. Yes. Do you think that's changing and more people are starting to see a brand and go to YouTube? I think it depends on the type of brand. You know, what you just shared about how, of parents visit YouTube daily Mm -hmm. to go look up recipes. Recipes. I think it especially is important for food because food is a very sensory, um, well, experience, right? Right. There's the, the seeing, there's the smelling, there's the tasting, there's all of this. And with video, you're able to see it, even though you can't taste it. So it adds, it's not just something that someone's going to use and they're not but, but you're putting food into your mouth. And so the more that you can show, don't tell. Right. Especially via video, which is, you know, video is the only way that you can do this right now, other than just static photos. Right. But, Until smell a vision happens. <laughs> right. Oh my right. gosh. Can't wait. Can't I wait. That's, we're working on that next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch and sniff website. <laughs> exactly. I mean, dreaming. So, <laughs> so the, the why, right? The why is people are going to learn. They're learn. They're going to discover. I mean, I always thought of it as entertainment, really. Like that's where I watch SNL clips or you know Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. Right. Um, but I've definitely noticed that my YouTube consumption has gotten more frequent over the last couple of years. But more importantly, my kids are definitely on it all the time. Yes, you know, very much so. And then there's a group in between that clearly is on it a lot too. It's really wild how YouTube spans across different age groups. Mm -hmm. So I have, um, whenever we were doing research on YouTube, we found this amazing study from Pew Research and found that despite, like, in the ages 18 through 29, 95% of that demographic in America uses YouTube. And that is higher than Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, literally all of the other, literally all of the other channels. Yeah. Ages 30 through 49, 91% of Americans in that age group use YouTube. 50 to 64, 83%. Yeah. The age group 50 through 64 uses YouTube more than any other platform. And you might think that they use Facebook more, but actually only 73% of people age 50 through 64 use Facebook and 83 on YouTube. And I think partly it's because, you know, YouTube is where like, you know, my boyfriend's super into like old cars, right? So there are these like, very specialized, very wonky people who are just like very into cars and they make these videos and they're just like talking about this particular engine for like 45 minutes. (laughs) And he's super into it. And he's like looking at the engine and cleaning the engine and revving the engine. And it's like, and I, I find it kind of mind numbing, but he just can't get enough of them. Like, and they, and they build these communities right? where people are just obsessed, you know, with, so it's also like a hobby. It's a hobbyist's place. Also, it feels like, you know, yeah, you can, and, yeah, you can find whatever you're looking for on YouTube. Right. And I guess that's part of the question that I have. Right. So then that's the how, right. So, you know, it would be great if people were you know, if people typed in, how do I cook, you know, and we came up, but obviously that's not what's happening. Um, unless there's something that you're doing to make that happen. 
Well, actually, so (laughs) the way that we think about YouTube is we want all of our clients and everyone investing in YouTube to create evergreen content. And when you say that, just to clarify it, like not like it's Valentine's Day. So here's a cookie. Exactly. Like, yes, you can hop on the trends of YouTube, but in the end, you know, if you're spending all this time, resources, money, whatever, making your YouTube video, you want it to be evergreen and whatever green videos excel at is capturing search volume. So Mm. what something that you touched on earlier, which is like one of my favorite things about YouTube is (laughs) that you are meeting your customers where they are already searching for you versus force feeding them an ad that they never asked for. Right. They have a question about something. Like one of your videos that you made recently is the how to choose your cookware. Mm -hmm. That video almost has a thousand views already because there's a lot of questions around it. And so when you are meeting customers where they are already searching, Mm -hmm. you're really authentically connecting with them. And whatever value you give them is much more authentic because that's that's why they came onto the platform. Right. And it contrasts other platforms in that, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you're kind of scrolling. There's no like intent, mm-hmm. right? And the unique opportunity with YouTube is that you actually get to capture that intent. Right. So when they're searching for cookware, you know, clearly they're thinking about cooking. Clearly they cook. And whenever then you answer that question for them and then you introduce your line of amazing sauces, mm-hmm. the likelihood that that is the target audience is going to be much higher than, and, and the intentionality there of them cooking and knowing how to cook is much higher than if, you know, right. You, You're you just were, blanketing by, by demographic. Exactly. They have an interest in, you know, healthy eating or whatever. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So we do, we always, I always like to answer questions, um, in all YouTube videos or right. capturing a topic that, you know, you know that people are already searching for whatever it is. In. And so for example, you know, Haven's Kitchen, we created all these recipes. Well, people, as we know, people search for recipes. So you are creating content that you know will also be seen. So that's like right. one part of YouTube is the searchability. Right. But the second, like I, this, this, the second part of YouTube. I love how much you love it. <laughs> I really do. It's I actually kind of love it now too. It's funny. I was like, <laughs> It kind of, again, like I did not, I was not that intentional at all about it, but now I'm kind of like, this is where it's at, you know? So yeah, searchability. Mm -hmm. And so that's one, the second part of YouTube, which is the secret that I think even less people know about is the suggestibility. So you have search on one side where, you know, people are searching and then you, you know, answer their question. The other part is, when you make a good YouTube video and it does get, you know, good searches and YouTube deems it to be great, this is great length, great content, you know, people are liking it, then YouTube will actually take that video and then show it to whoever it thinks will enjoy your video and whoever it thinks is a match for your video. And that's that's an algorithm, isn't it? Yes. So that's the algorithm. But that's the part that we miss a lot of the times because, you know, Usually people use YouTube as a dusty shelf for random videos. They're like, all right, here's some ad videos. Here's mm-hmm. a video that we made for something else. I'm just going to put it on YouTube because why not? Right. That's what it's for. But that's using it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. First, make videos that are searchable. Second, make videos that are suggestible so that you don't even have to. So once you create this video, not only are you capturing search volume, but YouTube is pushing it out to everyone that it thinks is best. So YouTube is actually finding your ideal audience for you. Right. And that number is unlimited. Like that cap of reach impressions is truly unlimited because again, it is YouTube pushing it out for you. Right. That's the Uh, second little secret. So fun. All right. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, you're going to just like break it all down like brass tacks all right we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by roberta's home of heritage radio network for 10 years roberta's was founded in bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country hrn made its home inside of roberta's in 2009 and together they have become part of the diy fabric of the neighborhood Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. 
Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. I'm back with Carrie Yang, CEO of Group Hugs. Okay, so YouTube, not the dusty shelf for old videos you don't know what to do with, not the random couch in the back of the room that like no one should pay attention to. It's important for brands to be there. Um, and now let's talk about how we do that. You know, how we do that if, you know, we don't have a ton of money to spend. You talk about growing movements on YouTube. Like, how do we begin to grow a movement? And now, you know, now that we have sort of all of these videos that we've invested and we've built this sort of cooking channel, how do we get that second piece? You know, how do we get YouTube to suggest it? You know, right. and and how do we get ourselves into that algorithm? Presumably without, you know, without a bunch of ads, because that seems to be your your big mandate. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just before I dive in, caveat, ads are great. It's part of the strategy, but right. you don't, it's not necessary. So that's right. what I'll say there. With yeah, because I'm thinking like we're gonna have to do some ads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it, it's it's gas. It's it's a fuel gas on the fire. You know, right. But there's the got to be yeah. something. It's like I was talking to he he came on the show. His name is Miguel Leal. He he's actually coming back on. I think he's going to be my my first guest ever to come on twice. But he just launched Somos, which is this beautiful um, brand and. He had been the, um, he was CMO at Cholula and at Kind Bar before that. But he was basically, we were talking about marketing and he's like, when you are particularly, when you are a grocery brand, you can spend all you want on marketing. But if you don't have like stores where people can go and actually get your product, they're going to feel frustrated. So don't put too much gas on that fire until you have enough like ACV, essentially, until you have enough like doors open where people will be able to get you or they'll be able to walk by and see you and be like, oh, wait, I recognize that. And I think brands make mistakes very early by doing these big marketing things, but they fall a little flat because people, they don't know where to get you. And they, and they don't necessarily, they're not all going to like take the time to go on your website and spend the shipping and figure out D to C and all that. So I feel like it's kind of an analogy in this case. You don't want to be advertising on YouTube or doing ads on YouTube for anything unless you have a place for them to go and play around and live and see and experience what your brand actually is. A thousand percent. And that's yeah. actually something I tell all of my clients. Their first thing is, okay, cool. We're making organic. When do we run ads? Mm -hmm. I always say, have a full holistic library of content on your channel before you run ads. You wouldn't run Instagram ads if you didn't have any Instagram content. So why would you do the same thing on YouTube? So right. great analogy. That's a hundred percent accurate. Okay. So now we're going to start growing our movement. Yeah. Um, where, where do we begin? Like in terms of, you know, full holistic library of content. Yes. What so, are some best practices for that? So we, when we think about creating a movement, which by the way, is our, is the heart of our organic strategy at Group Hugs. We don't just think, you know, how do we sell your product? We think, how do you build a movement? Because what, when you think about a movement, what that does is it opens up your breadth of the different ways that people can discover you. If you're solely like for, you know, Haven's Kitchen, for example, if we're solely focused on selling the sauce, if no one's looking for sauce, then you'll never be found. Right. right. And so when we think about creating a movement, that's the first thing we do at group hugs is we, we, we create your movement and we think about what are 
all the different ways, and this is, by the way, the questions I'm asking out loud is how you can start thinking about your movement for those listening. Yeah. What are all the different ways that someone can discover you? What are the tangential topics that someone could ask about that could that could then lead to them discovering you? And so for Haven's Kitchen, you know, I'm thinking about the skill set videos that we have on YouTube right now, like mm-hmm. how to use a knife properly, how to store your herbs, how to organize your fridge, you know, all mm-hmm. of these things. They are part of the movement, but they don't necessarily talk about the sauce. Right. But the thing is, they don't have to. It's because just being helpful. Exactly. Right. And what's funny is you guys did that already without me even, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about the movement with you guys. So you were already, you know, one step, two steps, three steps ahead of the game. But that's when you think about your movement, broaden right. out, take a step back. But for and, Tushy, for example, mm-hmm. right? Tushy is a is a bidet, essentially. Yes. It's a portable bidet that you put on your toilet and it turns into a bidet. Is that yes. right? Yes. How, what, what are the ways, like, <laughs> I know you're like, how do we, <laughs> how did you, yeah. I mean, what were the questions that, what were people looking for Yeah, that then would get them to tushy? Good question. So an example would be, um, or here's, here's a question. So I'll name some, you can cut out what you don't think is inappropriate, but for example, <laughs> I don't think we're going to cut out anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How, what are hemorrhoids and why does it hurt so bad? Yeah. Right. And then how to handle a hemorrhoid. <laughs> how, yeah. How, I'm trying to give a PG. Um, how like five ways to stay regular uh-huh. and by stay regular, I mean poop regularly. Right. Right. Um, let's see another one, which is how to properly clean your lady parts. Right. You know, what's so cool about this, Carrie, is that at the end of the day, we should all be doing this anyway. Take YouTube out of it. Like if we are actually making products that solve problems, first of all, if we're making products that aren't solving problems, we should close. Because the world is too freaking hard and supply chain is way too whack right now to like, make something that is not solving a problem. And whether you're a founder or you're on someone's team or you're thinking about something, it can't just be, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast, it can't just be like another thing that already exists, but maybe has a prettier box. It has to solve an actual problem for a particular group of people. So now the next step is like, okay, what is the problem and what are all the things like for us, it's kitchen confidence, right? It's people do not feel confident cooking. And if they do, they feel like it's a chore. So what are the questions that they might have that will make them feel more confident, but also enjoy doing it more? And those are things that then you can turn into videos. And that's what you're talking about. Exactly. And so let's take another food example. So let's say you're a plant-based food brand, Mm -hmm. you know, creating videos like how to uh, plant-based for beginners. Right. You know, how like plant-based 101 type questions Mm -hmm. or how does plant-based or eating 100% plant-based affect my gut? Does eating more plant-based make you fart more? You know, like get real with these questions. Because the thing with YouTube is, again, it's a search engine. So they're going to be searching things into YouTube that they normally would not ask out loud. Right, So especially if you can tap into those questions where they may be embarrassed. You know, if if they don't want to, if someone in the kitchen's like, oh, I don't really want to ask someone how to use a knife because Mm -hmm. like, that's so basic. I'm kind of embarrassed. You create a knife video on how to you know, properly use and sharpen a knife and you help them build that confidence. And it's something that they do in their private time, you know, just, you know, they're searching things onto YouTube. They don't have to broadcast it or share Mm -hmm. it to the world. And then you're really helping them out. And, you know, what we always say with marketing is like, as long as you, you, like, you have to give value to get value. Yeah, totally. And especially with, you know, all of your movement topics, you know, these are like, you really want to hone in on what are the actual pain points for your customers and what type of language do they actually use on YouTube and in search? And um, maybe, 
you know, that target audience is you. So you can really step into those shoes and think about it. Or maybe this is time to call a friend or call someone and really speak to someone who has these issues, because that's really how you're going to figure out how to create titles and create the best YouTube videos that actually answers a real question. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And then you can tie all of your other things. Like we were talking about social nature last week with Jake from Sweet Nothings. And he used social nature to figure out that people weren't looking for their product where they were selling their product, that people were actually looking for it a couple of cabinets over next to the frozen fruit. And their velocities like grew exponentially when they were just where people were looking. Wow. And that's, that is when you use data well. So in our case, like, what are they actually searching? What do they want to know? And then make videos out of those things. Okay. Right. Genius. Now in terms of the quality of those videos, you know, we were fortunate enough to be able to bring in someone who could actually have like a camera and then another camera and some lighting. Did they have to be What's what's kind of the bare minimum that you yeah. can do without looking kind of, you know, half-assed? Uh, I love that you asked this question because I think people, there is the expectation that you have to spend a lot of money to make good YouTube videos. And I will just tell you right now, that is absolutely not true. So we started group hugs and doing and making YouTube videos for clients right at the start of COVID. So we launched our So March of 2020, right? And so there was no way that we were going to be able to meet up with anyone. So we actually developed the system to where you can actually film, right, and do all of this virtually and requiring minimal amount of equipment and time and effort. But here, I I really do want to touch on, there are things that you have to do. Yes, this is important. Like bare minimum, Mm -hmm. but, and then everything on top of that is just, you know, icing on top of the cake. Right. So. Look at all these food. <laughs> Everything gravy. comes back to food, I know, Carrie. It really does. Yeah. So bare minimum. <laughs> bare minimum. Okay. So we talked about the movement. So you ha- you have to do that exercise and really know what cu- what questions your customers are asking before you do anything else. So do not skip that. Don't just go straight into making videos, right? right. And then the second thing you want to do is you know, think about the types of videos. So there are videos that should feature your product. And then there are videos that just answer a question and that introduce your product later. So you want to think about what are the vital questions that people actually have around your product? Great place to look, look at your FAQs, because those are your most frequently asked questions. Mm -hmm. So tackling a few of those videos is also very important because that way, anytime a like one of the question videos is leading back to your channel, then there's a there's content already talking about your product and mm-hmm. answering product selling as well. So there is a content strategy that you have to put into place. So it's not just, you know, question videos or just videos about your product. It's a great mix of both. And so that's what I talk about. That's what I mean when I say like holistic library of right. videos. Um, you have all different movement topic answering questions, and then you have you know, videos that answer specific questions around your product. Great. So now that you've got your, you know, you got that all figured out, you're like, great, these are the videos that I want to make. And, you know, taking the plant base, for example, so you have like some 101 beginners and you've got your, you know, product videos. The next stage is scripting and planning. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I remember the scripting (laughs) and planning. (laughs) You have to do this because from experience as well, if you're just like, you know what, I'm going to wing it. Um, (laughs) Sometimes that may work out well if you're really on your A game, but then most of the time you're going to forget something. You're going to fub, you're going to just mingle your words together. It's just, it's a much smoother process if you actually plan out your script and the minimum, you don't have to write out every word that you're going to say, depending on, you know, how you prefer to perform, but you can put out notes, but you need to at least have written down somewhere, everything that you're going to talk about so that you don't forget it. Yeah. Can we talk about our process a little bit? Because I didn't know, I mean, you know, now I know like if, if this seems like something you'd like to make, you know, like now I can actually like recite like the, (laughs) We didn't have a script for every recipe, obviously, because I just would teach or, you know, whoever was the teacher would just teach. But we definitely had like moments that were scripted and click to subscribe or there's a link below or find the thing or, you know, like there was definitely scripting. Was there anything in there that was like a one of your secrets that I didn't know, like, is there a reason why 
you know, something was in the script or whatever, like for like algorithm or SEO or some sort of, you know, something. Yeah. So this is something, my tip right here is Mm -hmm. something that people sometimes don't want to do because it seems annoying or forced, but you must always ask your viewers to like, subscribe and subscribe because we've tested this actually. When you don't ask them to subscribe, very few people do. But when you do ask people to subscribe, a good portion of the people do. And it's just like, you you just have to do it. And, but what I suggest is always working it in very naturally, if at all, if at all possible. So you give them in the video, a piece of value already, and then just, you know, ask them to subscribe. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, you've already learned about, you know, two of the benefits of eating plant-based. Great. Uh, like and subscribe if you want to. Right. I tried to, you, you know, see more videos on this topic. Yeah. I did do a couple. I think I did a couple of funny ones, like a la Jimmy Kimmel, where he's like, "Do yourself a favor, subscribe." Like he did it in a funny way because he was like, obviously in his way, knowing that it's kind of annoying to ask people to subscribe. Right. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like we're like, you know, begging a little bit. Um, but. The, I tried to do some of them sort of funny and I think I loosened up by like day (laughs) 60 (laughs) video 130. Oh my gosh. Um, Is there anything now in retrospect that you wish we had done any differently? Hmm. Let's see. I think I won't tell. I, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think I wish that we could have done the SEO a little bit before this, all the skills videos specifically. Mm-hmm. I think the recipe videos, I mean, those are recipes, like they're going to fly on their own because it's, you know, a type, a specific type of video. So a recipe video isn't really like answering a question video. I mean, right. technically, yes, but it, you're focusing on a recipe. So mm-hmm. there are steps. But if you're talking about like the answering type, an, answering question videos, I wish we would have done more research on the skills videos because like right. I said, that that knife video is really shining. And the work that we do at Group Hugs, you know, during the content strategy portion, which is all like digging into everything that you could mm-hmm. possibly dig into in YouTube SEO. Like we look through every keyword, yeah. every topic, look at the competition, look at how many people are searching for it. And that way we can guide yep. the skills videos a little bit more. Oh, because those we're, are, I'm already, we're... I mean, I'm sure you know the next 10 that we're going to do. And I already have like FAQ videos that we need to make for sure. Like I'm ready to move on to like the next batch of, you know, maybe not 160, but (laughs) definitely like, no, because as you were saying it, I'm like, and by the way, we will get into that social nature questionnaire and we will ask them, like we get, you know, 6,000 responses to these, to these surveys. Like, what do you want to learn? you know? Um, and you know, again, I think one of the things about you is like, we happen to have a very clear mission as a company and it's unusual in the sense that like our mission is just to support home cooks, not to teach them how to make our particular thing or, you know, we're not, if you're plant-based, that's wonderful. If you only eat meat, that's your choice. Like, right we're very agnostic in a lot of ways. All we want to yeah. do is just like be your sidekick. Right. Um, and so we need to know, like, if we're the little guy next to the superhero, that's like handing him like, Oh, you need this weapon. Oh, you need that shield. Like, what are those things? And the more that we know about that, the more it'll help us with this content, but it'll just help us in general. So exactly. Um, Okay. We did some filming. We did some scripting. No, we need to talk a little bit about filming. So there, the golden, I know that Haven's Kitchen, you know, you guys went ham, <laughs> another food reference. <laughs> we had went hog wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hog wild on all of those videos. But for all those out there listening, you're like, I don't want, I don't, you know, you don't have to start with hundreds of videos. I'll just right. tell you that. Yep. All you need, the bare minimum in order to teach YouTube that you're a good content creator is minimum two videos a month. But the sweet spot is between three to four videos a month. So basically posting weekly is the golden standard. And much like how you have to train, you know, 
Instagram that you're a good content creator by posting regularly or they dock you. Same situation with YouTube. But in fact, a lot more people and businesses and brands start YouTube and stop. Right. So they the just longer- put something up there. Exactly. Right. And so once if you post consistently for a year, you are going to get massive benefit because what happens on YouTube is there's this magic moment around six to eight months where your channel just takes off. And that is from what we've learned from our clients and everyone else. That's the magic time at eight months of consistently posting when YouTube's like, all right, I trust you. You're a good content creator. Now we're going to take your videos and push it out there. Mm. I love YouTube. YouTube, I know. That's what I'm saying. I know, no. It's like I've totally drunk the Kool-Aid. I'm like, when's our next filming? (laughs) Um, And then in terms of editing, you know, because the filming part is one part. The editing part is definitely another. You know, at first we heard like it favors the longer the video, the better. And I'm like, ugh, that – I. I don't want to do an hour and a half on something. My whole thing yeah. is that this dinner should only take 15 <laughs> minutes. How, why right. am I making an hour and a half video? Yeah. So that's not entirely accurate, but so what is, what is that sort of editing sweet spot? Yeah. Um, so with editing, I actually do need a backup to filming in a second, but I'm going to answer your question with okay. editing. So YouTube, you're right. They want, they, the, the algorithm optimizes for longer videos because duh, YouTube wants you to stay on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is why they do that. But again, you always have to take into consideration what humans and our real life attention spans are right. capable of. And so the magic, like for us at group hugs, we always target videos minimum five minutes and then mm-hmm. maximum around 12, max 12, mm-hmm. depending on the content. You know, there, there's always, it right. always depends on the content, but we optimize for that range because it takes into account YouTube's atten- you know, YouTube's optimization as well as our Human, real right. life attention right. spans. <laughs> yes. I got yeah. it. You wanted and to then, go back to filming for a second. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Haven's Kitchen, I know that you guys had a production team, all these cameras and everything, and but you don't always have to have that. What you always need, the only thing, the only camera that at least with group hugs we deem is necessary is a camera, a phone camera that has mm-hmm. 4K ability. And iPhone 10 came out like what 2017 right <laughs> that was the first iPhone that had 4k and every iPhone thereafter has 4k and I know Androids have always had really great cameras so all of our clients actually film on, on their, their iPhones yeah. yes and there are you know and we and we give them a list of like here's the basic um, equipment that you need but here is here's the real here's really what you need you need good camera aka phone. You need good lighting, aka ring lights that you can get anywhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then third thing is good sound. If you have those three things, your video is great. And something that people also don't know about YouTube, maybe don't know about YouTube, is that the more polished and the more quote-unquote commercial your video looks, that, that it'll actually get less reach. Right. Because YouTube is an organic platform. Right. So if it looks like you spent you know, tens of thousands of dollars just on this one five mm-hmm. minute video, it's actually going to be less effective than a video that looks a lot more organic and real because your viewers are real humans at home right. and they don't need, they don't need to see all the touch-ups. And that's the beauty of YouTube is you can show up really authentically. Cause again, you're answering a question or you're meeting them very authentically. And so the more authentic the video is the better. And so what that means is you don't need I mean, icing on the cake, of course, but you don't have to have right. like a giant production. Well, there is this sort of like fine line where it starts to look like between kind of like, eh, you know, I made this, you know, my kid filmed me and then like overproduced and overpolished. And I mean, I think we've, I think, I mean, I hope you agree. I think we're right. We've hit that line. Yes. Like you it are definitely right looks on- like we have created something that we take seriously that is a like we have invested our time and our energy into making this thing but it's also not overly fussy in any way no not at all so all those listening I would definitely go check out the Haven's Kitchen YouTube (laughs) channel they have I mean I'm and I say this like very honestly and transparently your videos are incredible they add personality they have you know they've 
like you you actually can see how the cooking happens like from mm-hmm. the overhead angle like they're very 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 well done and it does not look like wow you know thank you like, shout like out to gen motion also yeah. um i mean fits from gen motion and you know what's so wonderful is the guy who did you know all of the filming and the editing he just he sends me his dinner now and he's like i made this and remember when you did that thing about you know cutting the onions evenly, like, look at my onions. And I, you know, I mean, it's just, he, he learned to cook filming us doing the videos, right. which is kind of amazing. So that gives me a lot of joy and I'll pass it on to him. Thank you. Yes. Okay. That brings us to editing. Yes. Which, so you do, so the editing is the more, um, skill technical. intensive, mm-hmm. yeah, technical piece of everything. However, I'll tell you a little story about me. So our first YouTube client, mm-hmm. I was the editor and I was editing everything on iMovie. Oh. We don't do that anymore because I have an right. editing team that does it. But what I'm trying to say is you don't need a lot. Right. And actually some of those videos that I edit on iMovie are some of Tushy's like still number one videos. Yeah. So if that says anything, yeah, is that you can do this without spending you know, a ton of money. Right. And iMovie, I learned, guess where I learned how to use iMovie? YouTube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full circle. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we've so. gotten ourselves, we've, you know, we've really mapped out what do, what are these questions? Then we have a couple of product things. Then we have a couple of FAQ things, but mostly it's just around like these questions that people are asking that like we feel that our product can give answers to. Right. We've filmed ourselves, we've edited them, you know, edited them, edited them. Now <laughs> it's time to get them into the world of YouTube. How do we get people to see them? Yes. So this is the other important part, which is publishing onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you can just publish any, I mean, when you create a YouTube account, if you hit create and publish, it really walks you through all the steps. But the question, you may have a question around like, okay, what are all the steps? Like, what are these tags? What am I supposed to put in my description? Mm-hmm. How do I even use the tags? How do I categorize my video? Because there's, you know, a whole list of categories you have to choose from. Right. And my tip with this is go watch YouTube. Right. And also, Group Hugs is launching a YouTube channel very shortly. Oh, so you cool. can subscribe to and our channel And I know what your soon. channel is going to be about. Yes, it yeah. is. It's all going to be about YouTube. So we will be right. sharing all these top tips. However, you know, there are tons of videos out there walking you through everything. But my the, the if you wanted to, like, go through the details of how to do it. Right. What I The tips that I'll give you right now, though, is to use your tags. And... And it's a box inside YouTube, but what you need to be putting into tags is all the different ways that someone could ask that question. So let's Mm -hmm. take um, the knife skills video, for example, that we did, like how to properly, the title is how to properly use and sharpen a knife, right? And the thing is like, that's only one way of someone asking that question. Right. So in your tags, make sure to type in all the different ways that someone could also ask that question, like how to hold a knife, right? That's the same thing as how to right. use it. So making sure to use those tags. What's the, on, what's the blade of the knife? Exactly, or, right, exactly. Yeah. Or like, how do I sharpen a knife with, I don't remember what the two, I don't actually know what the knife sharpeners are called, but there's like the one that's like a stick or the... right. And yeah. then there's the ones that you the roll your knife the, through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like you could also type in those, like how to use blank, like that type right. stone knife sharpener. Right. You know, and that'll also bring them to that video. Right. And then other thing is the other two things that I'll mention around publishing is making sure that you have a good thumbnail and a really strong title. Mm-hmm. So when the YouTube algorithm is working to categorize your video and to know where to send it to and to who to show it to, it uses the tags, the title, and actually the first couple lines of your description. So with your title, you want to make sure that the title sounds like something that people will actually search. And so a great way to do this, is just go go into YouTube, search that question and see what other people's titles are. Right. And, and if you find a title, if you see someone else's video that's gotten a ton of views, that's a really great example of a great title. And so you, you can, have done all of this for us, for all of our videos? Yes. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's why when I saw the Bill.com thing, I was like, hey, Court, what's that? But I get it now. Okay, yes. this is great. Because yes. I'm like, someone had to do that. I mean, yeah. are you also, for us, for example, like, you know, easy chicken 
easy weeknight meal, 30 minute dinner, all of that. Are you also doing condiments, sauces, marinades? Like, is it both in terms of tags? Yeah. So in your tags, (laughs) I mean, this is, we're getting to the nitty gritty here, y'all. So take notes. (laughs) Uh, It's 58 minutes in. Most of them have like, you know, tuckered off. But for the people, I like giving little presents like Easter eggs to the people who stay on for the whole episode. So they always get a little something, something. So for Havens, I'll tell you what we did. We did all the SEO research. So we looked up all the different ways that people search 30 minute meals or like minute based meals, Mm -hmm. all the different ways that they search by condiment, all the different ways that they search by protein, all the different ways that they search by ingredients. So for a one pan chicken and potatoes dish, the tags would look like how to make a one pan chicken, how to make chicken. (laughs) Um, uh, potatoes and chicken recipes, um, (laughs) 30 minute meals, 30 minute chicken dish. So it's filled, it's all the different ways. And so, yes, we did do that for all of the videos. I love that. (laughs) And Um, then, yeah. One last thing, which is the description. Your description should also include keywords. So like if it's a one pan chicken and potatoes, it should have those keywords in the first sentence. Because again, when people are choosing which video to look at, they are, they only get to see the preview and YouTube also looks at the first couple of lines of your description for tags as well. So some of our videos have different titles on YouTube than they do in, I think, on the website. Yes, um, slight variations. Right, little variations because of the way that people are searching. Okay, correct. can we yeah. get back to ads for a second? Yes. And also I had one other question. Mm-hmm. One, let's do the other question, then we'll do ads for a second. One is, I read somewhere, I think I saw a thing, I just need you to verify or say no. Is it possible to have like a store locator pop up when someone's watching a video of ours? Like, is there something where, you know, you're in Des Moines and you're watching our chicken, you know, Marsala video and something pops up and says, oh, by the way, hey, you're in Des Moines. Here are the stores near you. Is that is that a possible thing there? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. So on YouTube, there's all kinds of fun features. And one of what like you're talking that. about is cards. So they call it YouTube cards. So if you're looking this term up, it's called a card. So what happens is you each for each video, you are given four cards. So you can either link to another video or you can link to a website. So here would be linking to the store locator page on your website. And then you can put a little preview that says, check out or find us in in your local area, for example. And then that would be the little text that pops up on the screen. It's, a, right. it's like a tiny pop-up. It's at the very top. It's You've probably seen it on YouTube videos, but there's a little eye next to it. And so you basically, if someone's watching the video, they can hover over it and then it'll tell them what that link is going to. Very, very cool. Okay. So that was my question about that. So I'm happy. And we are going to do some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Noted to okay. do that. Yes. Cool. And then, <laughs> and then the other thing Making is- Making decisions up here, over here. I mean, please don't take anything that I'm saying as a final decision. You know, this always happens. And Courtney's like, yeah, remember when you told Carrie to do X, Y, Z? That's not what we actually want Carrie to be doing. No, but so. that is a great idea and we should absolutely do that. Okay, thank you. But then the second thing is, is all right, now that we, you know, I know there's this like eight month kind of where the flywheel really starts to kind of hit and everything's like, cooking with gas. Uh Um, (laughs) But in the meantime, again, I think my biggest fear is spending money on creating content that people don't see. And I, I just, I, whether, whether, whether it's YouTube or anywhere else, like on Pinterest, I'm very comfortable because I know we have 200,000 followers and I know 7 million people a month are looking at my stuff. So it's very motivating for me to just like put up a lot of stuff there. Right. But I'm nervous. Like I'm nervous in other places to sort of invest without knowing that people are actually seeing it. So it seems to me like that's where a little bit of the ad strategy comes in where we're just like, Oh, you're interested in pots and pans. Hey, by the way, come on over to our, you know, our page. Like, is that what the ads are for? Like, 
Yeah. You know? So ads on YouTube, you have to think about them differently because, you know, an Instagram ad is they are scrolling. They're on a scroll journey. So anything new that pops up, they can, you know, they just continue scrolling. On YouTube, the most effective YouTube ads are in-stream ads. So ads that pop up either before, like a video ad that pops up before they view a video Mm -hmm. or a mid-roll ad where, you know, it's in the middle of a video. So video ads are the best. However, you have to think about the behavior on YouTube because they're on that video to watch someone else's video. Right. So you have to approach ads differently. So yeah, not gently, but you have to think about what they're also doing. So there's, you know, when you're creating ads, you want to target hyper relevant topics or else they're, they're completely Mm -hmm. not even going to watch it. But if you create some, let's say they're watching another recipe video and we, uh, you know, create a a video ad talking about Haven's Kitchen right before, well, they're thinking about cooking, so it's highly relevant. But so when you target on YouTube, you know, you just want to be really careful about targeting things that are relevant or else you're just going to waste that ad dollar. Well, and then, I mean, that leads me to another question. Like, can some other cooking company make a video ad and just put it on our videos? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> yes. cool. Yes. Uh, But one thing, one thing I will say though, about, you know, your, your question about, or your concern about making videos that no one's ever going to see or, or, or content, not even videos. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, it, YouTube is very different than other platforms in that it's a discoverable plot, it's discoverability. So like, if you post something on your Instagram and they don't follow you, they're not going to see it. Right. That's just facts. Right. However, if you post something on YouTube and they're interested in the content and they search something that brings you to that video or YouTube's puts that video in front of them through the suggestion features, Mm -hmm. then they still get to see that video. Right. And it's like, YouTube is the, is the shit. Yeah. I know. It's awesome. It's awesome that you love it so much. And I'm so happy to be on it. And I'm so happy that we, you know, we invested the time and the energy and the money that we did. And I'm so happy we found you like, likewise, what a great thing. Oh, how lucky we are. Um, and on that note, um, I mean, you already basically gave me like what you see people doing that's not, that that's wrong. So I'm going to ask you if there's any last licks you want to get in here, like one final thing that you wish everyone knew when they were either thinking about YouTube or strategy or making videos or just the platform. I think what holds a lot of businesses and brands back from posting on YouTube is just the fact that it's, you know, video and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot more steps. So one thing that the one thing that I will leave everyone with is YouTube or let me back that up. Video is the king of content. Yeah. If you make a YouTube video, that video can turn into like so many other pieces of content. Yep, so when you're thinking right. about like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'd rather make an Instagram post or I'd rather do this and make a video. You can slice it and dice it, right? Yeah. Don't be short-sighted. Just do it. And if you have questions, ask me, come yeah. to me, but just do it because this is like long-term. Mm-hmm. You're thinking more long-term instead of just right in the immediate term, you know, yep. instant gratification. You make that piece of video, that video, it's going to turn into so many different pieces of content. Great. You just, you made a video about benefits of being plant-based. Great. You have a script, turn that script into a blog, right. embed your video on your website. And then it's going to give you even more SEO credibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, one thing I just realized I forgot to say one thing, yeah. um, which is very, very, very important. <laughs> yes. One out of every five YouTube video or one out of every five Google searches has YouTube videos on the front page. If you are tired of fighting all the other blogs, all the other websites for spots on the first page of Google, mm. invest in YouTube because yeah. one out of five Google searches has YouTube videos. And if you do YouTube the right way, you will be on the first page of Google, bypassing everyone else fighting for those spots. And mm, that's, that's a goal. Win. That's fun. Um, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you also for like building this all out for Haven's Kitchen. It's really amazing. And I'm so excited to see what happens as we start posting, you know, Woo! daily, I think. Yes. Um, kind of crazy, amazing. Um, Armin, as always, thank you for engineering the show. 
maybe we'll figure out how Heritage Radio Network can get a YouTube presence because they have so many podcasts and so much stuff. And it would be really cool to see how to turn it into a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, I, I'm like a master at thinking of YouTube video ideas. And so I know I I'm, really wanted to do that game, uh, but okay. now we ran Next out time. of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for my listeners, if you guys want a little bit of fun and you want to think about like, what would Carrie throw at you if you had, you know, just what would a video be for your product or a keyword or anything like that? Definitely, you know, DM me or reach out on LinkedIn. And when I post this, obviously I'll tag you, Carrie. So um, thank you so much for coming. And Armin, thanks for engineering. And listeners, thank you so much, um, as always. And I'll be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage radio network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends and please Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.